Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. The sermon that you are about to listen to is on Micah chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, and it was recorded as part of our church's Christmas special. And we're thinking about a surprising saviour. We think about how uh, the saviour that we need actually might surprise us in what he looks like. And please don't forget to have a look at the website, that's understandthebible.uk, where there's lots more content available. And please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure that you get the episodes week by week as they are released. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and I hope that you enjoy. So we're going to, uh, to be thinking about that little passage in, in Micah chapter 5. And um, we're thinking a little bit about saviours, obviously at, at Christmas time, and how saviours can often look unexpected, can't they? In dark times, what does a saviour uh, look like? Uh, you often find this in films, don't you, that the person who ends up saving the day will be the person that you least expected to save the day. So, um, I mean, possibly not the best example, but you know in that film Star Wars, or the, the Star Wars films, how um, the people who are, who are the best sometimes, like Han Solo, you know, he's a ruffian, he's a, um, he's a smuggler, he's a thief, and he turns out to be one of the people who saves the day. And that's often how it works. Or think about what the situation uh, that we're going through at the moment with COVID. You know, who would have thought last year that a saviour might be a scientist who's developed a vaccine, for example? Uh, it's all uh, a bit strange, isn't it? How we're used to, to seeing the people who are unexpected as being, as being the saviours. Well, this is um, what Micah is talking about. It's saying we need to look for a saviour, but it, he will be unexpected. He won't look like what we, we think he will look like. So just to put this into context, uh, Michael, we didn't read verse 1, it just says, Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. So Micah, we think, was written during the time of the Assyrian invasion, which happened about at 700 BC or so of Israel. So that's why he talks about a siege there in verse 1. And he also says in verse 5, he will be at peace when the Assyrians invade our land. So this is clearly what, is, uh, what Micah is, is talking about. Why was that happening? And it was because, as we read in the rest of Micah, that God had given the people over to their sinfulness. And that's just as... God predicted back in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28, I'll just read a, a few verses to you from Deuteronomy 28, beginning at verse 45. All of these curses will come on you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the Lord your God and observe the commands and decrees he gave you. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever. Um, the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away from the ends of the earth, like an eagle swooping down, a nation whose language you will not understand, a fierce-looking nation without respect for the old or pity for the young. They will devour the young of your livestock and the crops of your land until you are destroyed. 
livestock, actually, we could have put that as a thing, couldn't we? But there we go. And this is why this was coming on the people. It was because they disobeyed God. And because the punishment that God said would happen was, had come upon them. So it was all to do with sin. That this darkness that had come upon them, the Assyrian invasion, it was to do with sin. God had given them over to this because of their, because of their sin and sinfulness. But there was hope. And that's exactly what this passage is about. It's about hope. But it's coming from a very unexpected source. As we learn, it comes from Bethlehem. It's as though you were small among the clans of Judah. Bethlehem was a pretty small and insignificant place back then. And uh, it really was not the kind of place that you would expect a mighty warrior or a saviour to come from. And yet, Bethlehem Ephratha. Bethlehem Ephratha. Why does he? Uh, why does Micah add that little uh, that little extra name to Bethlehem? If you just turn back to Genesis, the very first time we come open across that word, the very first time we come across that place, Genesis chapter thirty-five, verse sixteen. Then they moved on from Bethel, while they were still some distance from Ephrath. It's the same name, Ephratha. Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. Uh, so Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So that's the very first time we come across Ephrath in the Bible. And it is about a woman giving birth. And sadly, she actually dies in the process of giving birth. You know what the Ephrathah means? It means ash sheep or fruitfulness. And I think what, uh, what Mike is saying and what God is saying is that the ash sheep is necessary for the fruitfulness. The death is necessary for the life. And you think how significant that is when we think about what happens, uh, what happens to Jesus. A child born from death. But notice that he is to be born, as it says in Micah, from of old. Uh, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old. How could a child that's just born, a baby that's just been born, be from of old? How can that be the case? And of course we know that with Jesus that can be the case. So it's an unexpected source and it's an unexpected saviour. Be someone who looks different to what we would normally expect. Uh, it is someone who is going to be, as we see in verse 4, that he will stand and shepherd his flock. It will be a shepherd. Would you think a saviour would look like a shepherd? You might think, oh, a mighty king or a warrior, but, but a shepherd? What's, what's that got to do with salvation? In these circumstances and it says that um, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God he will stand in the strength of the Lord so he will stand in the strength and majesty of God but he'll be a shepherd and what Micah is saying is that God's Savior looks different he comes from humble beginnings he comes from from the ashes from death 
and he will be a shepherd. Why the shepherd? Why the shepherd? Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 says this. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the thing that the Bible often talks about human beings, about us, as being like sheep who just like to run off and go our own way. And if you know anything about sheep, you know that they have all sorts of ways of getting into trouble. They don't do what they're supposed to. We're like that. We go our own way. We turn away from God and we want to run away from him. And that's what the Bible calls sin. And this is why the saviour that we need is like a shepherd. Because the darkness that we really need saving from is not our circumstances, but within us. It's our sin. And when we repent and believe in Jesus, then we will always be secure. He's the shepherd that we need. He's the saviour that we need. Because he meets, he saves us from our deepest problem, our sin. And we will be secure in him, even in death. And we've been thinking a little about, I know we're thinking about Mike and Pauline at this time, and I just wanted to finish by, uh, by just saying how, even in the darkness of death, we know that Pauline is secure, isn't she? Because she believed and trusted in the Lord Jesus to save her from her sin. And we too, who believe and trust in the Lord Jesus, can be secure, even in the darkest of times, even in, in times of death, in our own death. And when we deal with that with others, because we know that we can be secure in Christ Jesus, in our Saviour, our Shepherd, Saviour. So let's take a moment to pray as we, as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you knew what you were doing, sending the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he is a saviour, even though he uh, is, uh, maybe looks unexpected. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that he is just what we need. We thank you for the Lord Jesus, who meets our deepest need, uh, saves us from our sin, and shepherds us, brings us into his flock. We pray that you would help us to trust in you, to trust in Jesus uh, through this Christmas time and beyond, and to be there in all of our darkest times, as well as um, our good times as well. Please be with us and help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.